Welcome to this Endo Life Season 2, Episode 12. I'm Jessica Tuffin, and this podcast is all about bringing you guests who are battling chronic conditions and mental health issues in their own unique ways and are changing the lives of others through their amazing work. Happy New Year, and I hope you all had a lovely Christmas and 2018 is treating you well so far. Um, I'm back and I want to thank you for your patience and yeah I took a break over Christmas it was really needed um I took a really long rest and I'm feeling so much better for it so if you're feeling tired if you're feeling exhausted it doesn't matter that it's January take a break get a rest um it works (laughs) there's a reason why they tell you to do it so yeah thank you for all your really lovely messages of support um it really really meant a lot to me to know that I had you by my side and supporting me so thank you so much for that um yeah so I am back and um I've worked out a new kind of schedule um each season is going to be six episodes and then I'm going to be taking two months off to find you some new guests and then I will be back again with another six episodes so um yeah it will be and it will still be every other week so um it will be lasting for about 12 weeks um and then yeah there'll be two months off so that's how it's gonna roll from now on and um hopefully that will avoid the burnout um and yeah I hope you really enjoy the guests that are coming in the next few weeks I'm really excited about them as always please let me know if you have any suggestions or you just want to find out about a certain topic related to endo or you know other related conditions also for those of you who are in London or maybe in London around the end of January on the 28th of January I'm doing a Sunday mini retreat with the wonderful Vicky Williams who's been on the podcast before she's a Reiki and yoga teacher and she also has endo and the um lovely Lauren Lover um who is a vegan chef she is the best chef ever her food is kind of like unreal and she will be doing us a delicious brunch that's completely endo friendly and really nutritious and nurturing for um the day and Vicky will be taking us through a healing yoga um flow that's gonna you know help us let go of the year before and help us kind of cultivate more self-love and I will be taking us through a coaching session to kind of reflect on what we went through in 2017 um any experiences that we learned from whether good or bad when it comes to endo and how we can kind of grow from that and how we want to manage endometriosis in 2018 um it's going to be a really lovely day um we had our first session last november i think um uh eve like a short a short session not an evening session but a shorter session um and it was really wonderful and i think everyone benefited from it so um we've kind of expanded on it and reworked it for the new year and yeah just kind of created a lovely retreat day for us so it will be a real sanctuary I think for anyone with endometriosis so if you want to come along um you can go to she's lost control um or you can go to my website I'll put the links in all of the show notes um so today I am talking to the amazing full of life bubble of energy that is Lucy Sheridan. Lucy Sheridan is the world's one and only comparison coach. Um, She is all kinds of wonderful and she helps people and businesses in fact get out of the trap of comparison and find their own like path and follow the beat of their own drum. Um, And we all get stuck in that comparison um, trap sometimes and I think that I have an inkling that it can be worse if you're living with endo. Um, You know, you might be at home unwell and looking on social media and seeing your friends doing things with their lives that you would like to do, whether it's having babies or whether it's getting promotions or whether it's traveling the world. I thought it would be a brilliant way to start the year um, by talking to Lucy about 
this subject and about how we can um, be kinder to ourselves and um, find our own rhythm and be comfortable with our you know our own lives and who we are rather than comparing all the time um so yeah Today we are talking about how to stay in your own lane and how to not just be comfortable with your own pace but actually, you know, experience the benefits when you're following what suits you. There is so much less resistance. So we are talking about, yeah, staying in your own lane, how to get out of the scrolling and comparing trap. Um Lucy's like favorite tips for doing that, how to get what you want. We cover so much stuff. I I had a really big problem with trying to cut this down like it was an hour and a half and I really kind of wanted to release the whole thing um most of it I just cut me babbling on so um you do get most of what Lucy said but um it's all gold dust it's absolutely brilliant so I really hope that this helps kickstart your January um whether you have resolutions or goals or not or you just want to kind of get a bit more insight um I hope this serves you well again thank you so much for being here um I'm so glad to be back and I hope you enjoy it. So I'm really interested in your personal story because obviously you're the comparison coach and the world's first and only comparison coach, I believe. You got it, girl. That's that's a pretty good title to have. You I must know, have. right? Third factor. <laughs> that's amazing. So like, that's such a unique, that's just such a un- unique job to do and also just like a unique concept. I know that it was your personal story that got you to this point. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your personal story and the journey that brought you to this point? I'd love to. Yeah. Um, So comparison for me is and has always been a teacher of mine. So comparison has followed me around my whole life. Mm. I can remember as being as young as four, five years old, my brother was born and thinking, hmm, I wonder if I'm as cute as my brother is, or (laughs) I I wonder if my mum and dad love me as much as they love him now and that kind of thing. And that evolved to follow me through school, puberty, you know, later education into work and then relationships. Comparison just was very present for me. And I I thought everyone was like that, but it turned out not. And (laughs) What I did find was about five or six years ago, I was going through a pretty difficult time um, like in my life. I was mm. in like offline in the real world. And my um, then partner, now husband, I'm pleased to say, happy ending. Aww. But my my, uh, my then partner um, business, unfortunately, was going under and we ended up losing our house. So kind of the worst thing we thought was going to happen did happen. Mm. And my life was very social media unfriendly in that, I really felt like I wasn't going anywhere. And around that time, I went to my school reunion. Mm-hmm. I oh know God. everyone always kind of like has that I... sharp intake of breath when you mention those. I think I literally wouldn't go. I don't think I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? I feel like I'm the only one that was going to go. Yeah, because it's exactly, would I, would I go again? I don't, I think I would actually because of what that day gave me. But That's I went true. to the school reunion and with all this kind of, difficult stuff going on in my personal life Mm. and on the day itself I had a great time there was lots of Prosecco and giggles (laughs) and reconnecting with people I hadn't seen in absolutely years and it was actually a really warm fun connecting day with that came a lot of Facebook ads and Instagram ads as well and when I kind of woke up a couple of days later to get you know back to normal life which was not really um very very you know I was going through a very challenging time basically it wasn't a fun place to be for me emotionally at all yeah I kind of realized I found myself this Las Vegas of comparison because I had like 50 or 60 maybe more people now in my social media feeds and at a time when I was feeling vulnerable and feeling like I wasn't going anywhere to me it looked like everyone in my peer group like literally the people that I like played netball with when I was nine um, they were having the times of their lives and I just felt like such a failure I felt like I was going backwards I felt like I was losing my sense of identity Mm. and this led to me gorging and obsessing on other people's lives and finding myself three years deep in people's holiday pictures you know with a hat you know holding my phone which was getting hot in my palm because I've been scrolling so much about charging it up um, and then that lasted actually kind of, the, I kind of call it like the chemtrails of that, like the after effect <laughs> of attending that um, reunion lasted about 18 months, two years. So it really, wow. comparison got me, it was almost like Jaws the movie. It got my foot and it dragged me down. Even yeah. Kind of flailing around at the top of the surface for a little while, it did drag me down until I think it was a Saturday and um, a couple of years later and I think I was fully dressed under a duvet or something like so it was not exactly an aspirational experience (laughs) I had this 
little voice come in my head as I kind of scrolled, you know, the um, birthday party pictures of a friend that had been taken to the Maldives again mm. or something like that. And I felt, I just heard this voice say, you can't do this anymore. Like this has to stop. It was almost like my, if my soul had a voice, it was, it is what I heard. Yeah. This has to stop. And from there, I decided I would just try and get better. I would try and cure comparison because it has been something that had affected my my life so negatively, unfortunately. And so from there, I looked at you know how I could really regain my self focus, my um, self confidence, you know, regain my dreams and really get clear on what I wanted to be and how I could align with it as well. The mm-hmm. process that followed ultimately led me to um, training with um, a coaching organisation, having lots of my own practice clients, really diving into the world of self development, whether it's self study through books or attending events, um, and this new way to be came for me and then I used to work in the advertising industry and the day came where I realized there was it was a kind of a a sink or swim moment or you know jump or be pushed and I thought Mm. I'm going to jump and um, I'll see what happens I'll set up my coaching practice and I'm going to talk about comparison even though I know it's a niche of a niche of a niche and this is like I think we're talking 2013 here so it's not like the wellness industry as it is today where you can't swing a cat and by the way thank goodness because it's such a vibrant burgeoning time so you won't find me criticizing um the fact there are more of us than ever it's blooming brilliant if you ask me completely but it was at a time when coaching was very much an unknown entity and it still kind of is to a point today but it hadn't um had the makeover and awareness that it's enjoying now and will continue to enjoy Mm. so I definitely kind of knew I was going out on a limb in terms of being the comparison coach but knowing that I had you know, been able to think and feel myself into comparison, to be able to think and feel myself out of it through the tools I'd learned and the practices I'd put in place. I just knew there was this calling. It almost felt bigger than me, Jess. And mm. so um, I set up as the comparison coach thinking, I'll give it 90 days and give it that test. Oh, and wow. if it works, great. And if it doesn't, I'll focus on work-life balance or I'll focus on something else. But coaching's where it's at for me. And I guess um, the, the rest is history, Jess. It, that was four years ago. And um, and going strong. That's amazing. I, I'm really interested to know that, like, I don't know if this will help my listeners, but I, I feel like I'm in a similar position in ways. So maybe someone else out there will, will resonate with this. But when you're in that dark place and so when you got to that moment where you were like, this has to stop, and then you went on this journey with working through it yourself and then eventually going on to the training you're kind of you're still operating from that dark place if that makes sense because yeah. you're not like you're not like better yet like in quotation marks you know you're not yeah. like you can't just walk out of the state can you yeah. yeah so like how what was it that kept you going through that time was it that feeling that it was bigger than you was it did you just have this like faith I definitely felt like I was connected to something bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and around this time, I had been studying like spirituality and self-development. Yeah. And like reading like Dr. Wayne Dyer, who's one of my favorites. And that was kind of a big gateway drug for me. So I definitely right. got a sense that there was there were powers bigger than I that I could tap into. But I also like I'm 100 percent human. You know, I'm mm. sure in the wellness industry, you have people that are so cosmic. It's like they're a, like an actual star in a human body. And I'm just not. I am 100 percent human. I'm supposed to be here at this time and be human and be grounded. That's just my it's supposed to be my experience. So mm. as much as I did feel like I was supported and guided and I did have faith as well. The biggest thing I did was let myself off the hook for having to A, cure it mm. at, at all, by the way. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. I just wanted to feel a bit better. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. For me, Jess, getting to a place of neutrality within a couple of years would have been a huge, powerful, transformational milestone to have achieved. Mm. And I'm, I still set goals like that for myself and set my intentions and dreams like that for myself. And that, you know, having been through a tough time, whatever it is, and just not ever wanting to go back there again, frankly. Yes. Like the deterrent of it is enough for me. And But feeling neutral and feeling like I'm okay is actually tremendously empowering and is enough, you know, is my version of, you know, fist pumping the air <laughs> and like, you know, wanting to kind of like do power moves and that sort of thing. So I gave myself the opportunity. I, gave, I, I decided that I, I didn't want it to be like that anymore. But mm. I also was open to the fact I may not cure it. 
and that I knew that, but I knew I could find improvement. And that place of improvement, whether it's 2% better or 200% gone, was going to be enough for me. And also shifting from judgment to observation. So for me, my comparison, and it still is like this, it has a double punch. So mm. first of all, I'll compare and I'll have like a bitchy thought about someone. And then I'll have the double punch of like, you shouldn't compare because you know what to do. And you know, comparison right. yeah, yeah. you know, And it's like, whoa, that's so unhelpful. Because like my inner critic is a, is very, very, like can be very strong at times. So even just turning down that voice and moving from judgment to observation as I was moving through the process, which by the way, at that time, had taken me two years to get into. So this wasn't going to be like a fad diet. This mm. was going to take consistent work some days I wouldn't want to do it and I wouldn't do it yeah. there would be days when I would have a kind of snapback of comparison and I would find myself looking at other people and being like well why can't I have that or why is that not going to happen to- that that'll never happen for me yeah. but if there were 10 days between that happening and the next time then great because it used to be all the time mm. so for me it was really putting an emphasis as well on progress not perfection and figuring it out I mean I'd love to say that I was you know, in a space where I was like, I know this is teaching me something. I'm so open to the lesson, but I just was them. I just was so desperate to feel better and feel neutral. Like I'd never have imagined the journey that it would take me on. It sounds really cheesy, but I'm a life coach and I love saying that. <laughs> um, but I can never imagine the journey it would take me on. But just being open to the improvement for me, that was a personal. That was a personal driver, and yeah. I did. But I did feel in a place of faith and trust too because I was just starting to get an idea of the concepts of things like energy and Mm. the universe which I know can be quite difficult concepts to get your head around and get you know almost like get two hands on and hold like what is that but I was able to kind of find my interpretations which I found very empowering but also just let me take a lot of pressure off my human self yeah because I realized I was the one holding the stopwatch. If I'm not better by, you know, if my, if my mind hasn't changed oh by this gosh, point, yeah. if I'm not comparing by this time, but it's just, it was just so unhelpful mm. to use plain language. Yeah. It was so unhelpful. I just kind of felt like I'll get there and I want to, I want to make sure that I'm scheduling in like rest stops. <laughs> so if this yeah. is going to be like, you know, to use like a metaphor, like a marathon, I want to slow down a bit, like grab a water and like look at the scenery <laughs> and then and then crack on again. Yeah, um, because I knew it was possible that I could get I could I could change where I was at. But I certainly didn't think that I would be able to do it by a certain point because it already shown itself to be so unruly that mm. I was going to have to stay agile, stay open so that I could roll with the punches, I guess, for want of a better term. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's a, like a really honest answer. And I feel like for some reason we have this real addiction to put in timelines on things and if we don't hit something by that timeline we we are disappointed with ourselves what's your opinion on comparison in today's society and what was the moment where you were like this isn't just my experience this is the experience of others and I really want to work with other people oh that's a great question Something that really kind of got my instinct kind of buzzing, like silence going off, is mm. that I would notice in the very early stages that if I wrote a blog post and, you know, like three and a half people would see it, one of them being my mum. But <laughs> as I started blogging a little bit early days, because that was kind of like the thing you have to be doing mm. uh, four years ago, which in the digital like world seems like a million. But anyway, I noticed as the kind of my online community grew that I would get a spike around uh, anything that involved me talking about comparison whether that's comments on a blog post right. or um, comments underneath the Facebook post or people like messaging saying hey I really I really like really appreciate you writing about that I thought it was just me or even talking in the pub with mates and there was mm-hmm. any any conversation that involved comparison which involved which would be something that everyone could participate in or have an experience of and it just I just started following the breadcrumbs ringing that there's something here there's something here and then it was able, you know, obviously I was able to kind of really highlight it and emphasize it and step into the work fully I'm doing today. But I think comparison at the moment, we're having an epidemic of comparison. And, and that's largely down to the power couple of social media and technology. Yeah. Um, not helped by the fact that we are the first generations that are going through this. So when I, I believe people will write, you know, Harvard professors will write theses 
um, and Holt reports about what it was to be growing up like after 2015 <laughs> and what it did to society yeah, and yeah. we would be seen as going we would be seen and observed to be going through the awkward toddler phase without a doubt because that's what we are doing at the moment we're kind of bumping into the metaphorical furniture and making mistakes and you know putting spaghetti on our faces and all that kind of thing <laughs> as we figure out what is how, how we figure out what is our relationship with our online lives? How does the digital overspill affect us offline? And who are we? Because everyone has a fame bubble that yeah. they can curate on social media, just like Kanye can. And I say that with no judgment at all. I participate in it just like you probably do. Yeah. And um, you listening at home do as well. So let's not judge ourselves for it. Everyone wants a nice selfie on there. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But I think we really are going through an epidemic at the moment. And it's down to each of us as individuals to think, look, what do I need to do to feel good here? Because it is happening. And that's the the irony is it's almost comparisons are real taboo. It's seen as almost like a sign of weakness if you compare yourself to other people. Because like, why can't you just concentrate on doing what you want to do? Or why don't you just mm. do um um do what feels right for you rather than looking at someone else? But the thing is, it's been around forever. Like I'm sure the like the ancient Romans were like, oh my goodness, have you seen they've invented that country and we want to do that? Like, it's in comparison. <laughs> so true, it's, actually. Yeah. Like, it's in it's in our identity as humans so we haven't made it up and also we haven't made up these feelings of insecurity and uncertainty and you know just doubt that can come up from what we what we see looking at social media and how that makes us compare as well mm. so if you've been told to just get over it or someone's you know told you to just stop going online then like I really see you and I really witness you because what if you feel it it's real you're not being weak you don't need to just get over it you need to be really really kind to yourself and then start putting a few things in place that are going to support you to get back in your own lane if you happen to have swerved off into the comparison hard shoulder yeah and do you think you necessarily know when you're comparing yourself because for quite a while I when I first went on to social media and I know that a lot of women listening will um, agree with this. It was like a real lifeline for the endo community yeah. and for me. Um, but then yeah. recently, in the past few months, I've kind of realised that I've been comparing myself without knowingly comparing myself. So I'm looking at things and thinking, this is really motivating. This is really inspiring. This is really positive. But then when it comes to the reality of my life and what I'm trying to do with my life, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing this enough. Oh, my house doesn't look like this. Oh, I really want to get in this amount of holidays and I really want a break and I'm not getting to do it and I really want the break to be of this standard and stuff. And then I paused and I was like, where am I getting these ideas from though? Yeah, I mean, I just didn't realise that I was comparing. So do you think like you could be projecting these feelings onto your life without even knowing? And how do you recognise when you are doing that? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, you've articulated yourself really well. Yeah, you have. Um, you know when you're comparing when a bit like you gave a hint to it in when you were just um sharing your view there, Jess, in terms of you're you're looking at things you're like, hold on, these aren't mine. Like mm. I actually um am all right with my body or actually quite like my swimming costume. I don't want to buy another one and swimwear medals swimwear models got <laughs> or my experience of social media is that it's a community, it's a place I'm real excuse me, it's almost like, you know, it's another front room for me to go and sit in and have a cuppa. Mm. And so we know when we're comparing because it doesn't feel, we're looking at others and rather than thinking like, oh, that looks amazing, I'm going to get that too, or you go girl, or you go guy, or you go whoever, but you, we are, we, so rather than being inspired, we're feeling like an insecurity. And that's when you know you're on the hook of comparison is when you're thinking, oh, that's all right for them, or I'm different. And, it, you know, it's, it's totally on in what you're saying in terms of I know we shouldn't compare and we shouldn't say about people being ahead or behind. But that's what it feels like sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially like, you know, in um, being at a certain life stage and thinking you have to be a certain way. And we're in a time where traditions and like the patriarchal kind of norms are getting dissolved down. So actually our lives are there for the creating. And yet there are still those opinions we have because we might have had them when we were like 15. Oh, by the time I'm 25, I'll be doing this. By the mm. time I'm 40, I imagine I'll be running my own company. So we, not only is it out there on social media, but we put that on ourselves too. Something that really resonated with me that I saw on Facebook, and I wish I could remember the originator, is when it comes to the time zone thing, is think about um, America in that 
New York wakes up like six hours before LA, but no one ever thinks that LA is behind or being lazy or, Ooh, you know, yeah. hasn't got their act together. And equally, no one thinks that New York is ahead. It's a go-getter. It's this, it's that and the other. It's got the edge. It's got the, it's had the secret. It's got rich parents. Whatever it is we yeah. say to make us feel like <laughs> other people are going to have it easier than us. And that's been really empowering for me because, you know, sometimes, Jess, you're going to be L.A., and sometimes you're going to be NYC. Mm. And equally, what I'd also say to you is, believe it or not, and this goes to every single person listening to, and I really want you to hear me on this, believe me on this, you are a comparison trigger for other people as well. Oh, God, that's a truth bomb. So for some people, you'll be an amazing inspiration. For others, I'll be like, oh, God damn it, I want to start a podcast, but I don't know where to start, and I'm not creative. Look at what Jess has been able to do. The same goes with every single person listening as well. So the irony mm. is we're all in the same boat, but we actually feel like we're all in little separate canoes. We're not. We're all in the same boat together. Yeah, and that's so interesting you said that and like used me as an example because the reason I set up this endo life was because I felt that endo had put a stopper on my life and I felt like if I don't turn this around I'm I don't know what to do anymore because yeah. I've had to stop with fashion and I've had to stop with charity and I'm seeing all of these other people around me excel and be that person they want to be and endo is stopping me from being that person so what can I do it's just really interesting to see it in that in that That's way really powerful for everyone listening including me too as well just because that's like part of what I teach when I you know I have a comparison coaching program which is the coaching program I put together which I know cures comparison like through what I've learned and my own practices but a part of that is to ask clients like what's the so what so in mm. terms of like when you are comparing what is the nugget of insight and what does that mean for you? So you have just shared the, a perfect example of what that is in terms of based on what I know and where I'm at and the fact that I know that these are things that I that light me up and that drive me, what can I do? Mm. Well, okay, I'll set up a podcast. If you keep following the breadcrumbs, there's nothing to say that bigger dreams and a team can, can't come in to support you to take it even further. How do you approach comparison now like with the people you work with I mean I feel like you're kind of coaching me right now but like what is the approach that you take like the attitude that you take to it now what's really important for me is to understand what is really hurting the human almost so okay. I say that in terms of like comparison is always the Trojan horse conversation to get to the core issue so let me use myself as a case study I wasn't upset because I was comparing my, you know, that was part of why I was upset. But I was upset because I felt like my life was falling apart. And why did I feel mm -hmm. like my life was falling apart? Because I felt unsafe. And why did I feel unsafe? Because I was experiencing these things in my life. And I was able to just go right back to the root cause. And that, okay, so how do I make myself feel safe again? And that was the question I had to answer. Right, okay. And I mean, like, you know, how do I feel safe just so I feel okay by lunchtime. I don't even need to cure all the rest of the stuff. So in terms of how I coach clients, it's starting with comparison, going in depth around that, how it shows up with who, what are the patterns there, and then inviting and, and really like holding the hand of the client to step back and say, okay, well, what, what do we feel like this is telling us? You, we've seen that you compare yourself a lot in um, your, let's say your romantic relationships. What is that saying about how present you are in a relationship? What's saying you're not very present? Why aren't you feeling present in the relationship? Oh, it's because. And then when we get into the, oh, it's because, then we know the magic. We're really onto it. Now we know that the real, the real answers are coming, that our own truth is going to be able to be heard around these things too. So I always start with exploring comparison and helping it go to what really needs to be healed in the human pretty much. That's, and then, yeah. because, no, not at all. Because coaching is about the now and the future. So I use the word healing in very plain, plain tense. I'm not a healer. I have referred clients to healers and therapists and counsellors. Um, but I'm a coach. So I'm qualified to support a client in the now and the future. Now, of course, that will mean understanding their past. But I don't ask clients, nor am I qualified to have them unpack their past with me. Mm. So I then, look, once we've kind of understood root cause, we've understood context, we've understood then the beliefs that go with that. 
So what do you believe to be true about the world based on your comparison? And then looking at redefining those, we then look at kind of like, how do you start going? How do you start living free from comparison? What does that mean for you? What does your focus look like? What do your goals look like? And then ultimately help clients refine and work towards their goals and get progress in that way. That's really a timeline of events that would happen over a couple of sessions with the clients, because I think um, clients sometimes think, oh, goodness, I'll work with her in five sessions. I'll be talking about comparison. Like, you know, they're like, oh, that's a long time to be talking about comparison. Well, actually, the first two sessions are about unpacking the comparison, looking at the so what. The rest of it is like, it's all about them. It's all about what they want yeah. and it's about supporting what, how they can bring that into their life so they can dissolve the comparison and dial up the self-focus. Yeah. And also, like, if you need to get upset, like, get upset. Like, yeah. Oh have a physical like crying's just a physical reaction to your emotional state and we crap we keep so much inside mm. um but sometimes you know but just having the purge the clarity and the message can come through to you yeah completely and so I don't I, I you know I appreciate you don't work with um people with endometriosis or like necessary around health conditions but we spoke about this a little bit um now and beforehand but you know when you're living with endo uh, there's a lot of women that I speak to that I know are struggling and they're working from they're not you know they can't work I know quite a lot of women who can't work or their work is centered around endo um or they you know they're they're in bed most of the time they're in a wheelchair and they're on Instagram because the community is there but then they're also seeing friends and just people that they follow doing all of these things that they want to do and it's really eaten away at them and you've already got like a predisposition to get like depression and anxiety when you live with chronic pain anyway what would you say to those people who are there who may be bed bound who may be you know their dreams might be kind of put on hold Mm. because of this condition and they don't know how much better they're going to get like how do you deal with those feelings of comparison when you are in that situation I when I think in those situations especially if you know you've really got to have your physical health as the getting the most focus and sometimes obviously there's no avoiding that I would say just be conscious of how you're spending time online as well because yes it can be a, it can it's such an uplifting community and it's fun it can be fun and, and entertaining as well social media can't it mm. so we we know that too but I am not beyond taking myself offline for a few days right you know because it can affect our mental health you are the most important thing and when there are times in life when it calls for just the essentials to be looked after so mm. that you can feel safe that you can build your confidence build you know your mental you know your mental health if you feel like it's been affected get clarity you know talk to people that you trust as well and although I'm not going to sit here and go oh it's only temporary because I'd never be so disrespectful take every day as it comes I know that sounds like a fucking platitude but I'm not going to apologize for it because because we spend too much time in the future wanting to get there get there we make things even worse for ourselves yeah and when you are already experiencing physical challenges most important thing you can do is concentrate on feeling good Mm. so maybe that you know is dialing out for your favorite food maybe it's putting your favorite movie on again maybe it's like googling um home study because you're like you know what i've got to get this beauty of a brain going on something yeah Yeah. but it's give yourself the invitation to be stimulated in different ways rather than just looking down the one kind of, it's a bit like staring into a torch sometimes, social media, <laughs> but giving yourself that one channel because you deserve more. Mm-hmm. You deserve more. You deserve to be stretched and challenged in all sorts of ways that don't include, for example, like your mates off getting married. Yeah. So I think it's it's about making sure that there's not just one channel that you are concentrating on that is the, it is become, can become a lifeline. Yes, of course, have it and... Um, pursue that in terms of you know looking at the accounts and things that make you feel really good but if there's time that you need to spend offline so you can help build yourself up and work on your essentials then make sure you do it because you are the most important thing the most important thing yeah you're so right and I 
I wanted to ask, I, I've watched some of like your videos, which are amazing. Oh, and you. is it Holly who does the filming? That's right. Yeah. Holly from Global She's Media. brilliant. Yeah, we love her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just look such like the quality is amazing. Um, and I was watching one of your um, videos about how, I don't know if it's in the same video, but one was like asking for what you want, but then also one was like about taking responsibility to get like more of what you want. Mm-hmm. and. Um, I remember this. Have you read um, Big Magic by Liz Gilbert? Oh, yes. I love that. Yeah, book. it's brilliant. And I love Liz Gilbert. Um, but I kind of I want to have a conversation with her because one thing that Liz really talks about is um, she says, you know, don't um, you take responsibility for your art. And if you want to write that book, but you've got a full time job, then get up at five in the morning and write. Mm some chapters before you go to work and I agree with what she's saying but when Mm. you've got like chronic fatigue or you've got like Mm. depression or you've got a physical illness that can be really like borderline impossible to do oh yeah and so like for example like um one of my biggest struggles is like fatigue and so like every day when my alarm goes off it is a battle and for some reason this week I don't know why it's been really really hard and mm-hmm. um on Monday I snoozed my alarm till nine and I literally had to then get up and just like work from bed without showering because I didn't have yeah, time I had to start yeah. working yeah, yeah. and so it doesn't I've been trying to like master this for years but it's just like impossible I can't get up earlier to do the things that I want to do I'm chronically tired so mm-hmm. I'm I want to, I think in your video, you were saying, you know, what can you do to like meet your like dream a a bit like halfway Halfway, or something, you know, and is there like an attitude or approach that I understand you're not in our shoes, like living with this kind of condition, but how can we be like kinder to ourselves and find a way to meet that Mm. goal halfway without being like, because I think for some people they could listen to Liz Gilbert talking about that I'm saying listen because I listen to on an audible yeah <laughs> or yes, read Liz right, Gilbert, yeah. you know her writing and saying like well you know there's always a way you get up at 5 a.m but for some of us there isn't that way like yeah, yeah. Is, is there what what do you suggest with that because I'm not sure of the answer yet and I'm I just mean in it, what's coming up immediately is swap like your to-do list for an aim for list right okay that's nice so that's that's I do that anyway because I just do not need the pressure of being a tyrant in my own life I just mm. do not <laughs> I have way too many opinionated people in my life anyway I don't need to be another one yeah um so swap the to do but aim for and how does that apply to your dream let's let's use the um example that you shared there about a writing project it might be that rather than say I'm going to write six pages every day before I get up it might be that you say to yourself by the time the working week is done, I'm going to have aimed to have written one page of notes mm. because that is uh, that is not only massively in support of your dream and progress and will move forward, move you forward, but it's also your is going to fit in your life and the things that you need to do in order to support you as a human being as well. Yeah. So it's kind of really take own, yeah, of course, take responsibility for yourself. But no one's saying you're not taking responsibility for yourself. If you're having a chronic illness. You don't always get to choose, but you never fucking do. Mm-hmm. So what I'd say is make sure that when you're looking at what your dream is, break it down, then break it down some more, then break it down some more. And just when you think you can't break it down some more, like really break it down <laughs> and then look at aim for points to reach by certain times that don't have to be draft one a book done by 80 days. That's just not necessarily going to work. You can be in tip top health and not have anything else going on in your life. And you might struggle to do that. And we just don't, I, I understand like what it is to kind of have these creative pursuits and stay focused. And I'm all for like making it, you know, if it's important, making it important and making it a priority, but it, like a priority for you is health. So mm. and then and then creativity can come a really close second, but it must come second. You know, just while there's that healing process is doing its thing. So I'd say be kind to yourself, but look at your goals and where you want to get to. Break them, break that down to chunks, and then set yourself aim for. And if you exceed that, 
and rather than you know you get that a page of notes um not only scoped out but like you know written neatly down onto an ipad or something by wednesday night rather than the end of the working week that's progress move on and set yourself a new one mm. yeah but it's about i think it's really important to break it down into segments that are guided by you and your life and and how you need to feel as well yeah. because especially if creativity is such an important outlet for so many of us it's supposed to be fun as well right yeah. so that starts feeling like another job to do oh, too God, there's yeah. literally no fun in the world completely um and another thing that I wanted to touch upon is mm. um in relation to the video that I was watching is yeah. like asking for what you want yeah and um I know you were saying like you're you've really like practiced at that and you're really strong at it um women people with endo often have to ask and like make changes to their lives so for example um when I was in charity I had to ask yeah. for a day that I worked from home I had to start asking for later starts it was really really hard and I, I don't think I ever managed to get on top of that guilt like even when I was at like when they said yes and I was working from home I was kind of constantly emailing to prove that I was working yeah and I know quite a lot of women who struggle through things because they feel like they can't ask because they feel that they are underachieving already yeah. So they feel like they're already a burden, even though they're not. They feel like, oh, I'm a burden to my company, so mm. I can't ask for – I'm already struggling. I can't ask for a day to work from home. Or I'm already not doing my fair share of things around the house, and I need even more help. Like, I don't yeah. feel like I can ask for that. Can you give any, like, advice on asking for what you want and coming from a place of, like, I don't know, just removing that guilt? You know? Yeah, because yeah, there's nothing that you have, there's nothing to apologise for. And let's remember, especially when this is kind of in the workplace, it's a, it's an exchange. They pay your wages and you do the work. You don't mm. do the work, you don't get paid, but if you're doing the work, it's all good. The contract is still in place. <laughs> for me, how I'd approach this is about dropping, be solution orientated and drop any apologetic energy at all because you have nothing to apologise for. So, for example, let's use the example of needing to have later start times. Yeah. It's important to book some time with the person that, who you need their energy. You need their time. You need their attention. You're going to need their help, whether that's a line manager or a HR or whatever. And make sure this isn't a conversation. It's just on the bounce. Oh, by the way, do you know I'm getting a bit tired now? Can I come in later? That sounds flippant. Yeah. It doesn't sound serious. And it does sound like you're being lazy, um, when, especially when it's more serious than that. So give this the time and energy and the container, the space it deserves. So what I'd say is book. So just say you book a meeting with Amanda, who's head of HR. Mm -hmm. And I would say something like, thanks a lot for seeing me today. I need to have a really important conversation with you because I've got some serious considerations that I need to make you aware of. I'm experiencing a chronic illness, endometriosis. The symptoms are this. For this reason, I need a bit more support while I'm experiencing it. I am asking that this support comes in the shape of me starting at 10.30 and working at home Thursday afternoon until Monday morning. So Thursday afternoon and Fridays. Can we have a discussion about how we can make this work between us? Because I'm here, I'm committed, but how I work needs to change so that the quality can stay the same mm. and then talk just let the discussion happen yeah but notice there that we're not getting into a big emotive story about it and I'm not saying it's not because it, you're not worth it to talk about it it's because this your experience of illness does not have to become the fodder of people people just need the facts so that they can make a decision based on it and if the conversation feels like it's a clean communication what you're being asked for the reasons for it and the next steps then the solution can be nice and clean as well as in like yeah we've taken into account what you've said and although um we struggled to sign off um thursday afternoons would you consider coming in at two o'clock on monday afternoons instead so they'll shift the time or something do you know what i mean yeah yeah and kind of work around it but in that conversation it was clear Mm. Your need was clearly demonstrated. There was no apology and you led with what you ultimately are looking for as a starting place. Yeah. Because going into someone's office saying, I need help, I'm not well, um, 
they can't do anything with that necessarily. And then it does become dramatic because you're walking in with this like massive hot potato and just throwing at them and walking out again. Yeah. But it's like, you know, we've talked about taking responsibility and taking ownership. Take ownership of how you feel so that you can take ownership of having the conversation and then have shared ownership of the output that you want to achieve through it. Yeah, completely. And I guess getting honest with yourself about what would make you feel better and yeah. then bringing that, you know, to the table, like admitting to your, you know, self, actually, I would perform better if I did come in later, if I had a yeah. bit more time. Because I think illness is a really awkward conversation for a lot of people. Like if you go to someone, you're like, I'm feeling shit. They don't yeah. often always know what to say to that. And that's yeah. kind of like human nature. We're a little bit awkward around those things still. Yeah. We haven't really learned. <laughs> yeah, we haven't evolved past yeah, yeah. We, yeah, so like actually having that conversation with yourself first and being like, okay, this is what I what I need and bringing that to the table with HR, for example, could be really helpful to get that conversation flowing. And then they might bring their own ideas to it, like you're saying. That's exactly it. And what I'd also say is, because of the nature of HR, I doubt you're the only person that they are making sure they're supporting in different mm. ways because it's yeah. confidential. You're not supposed to know. It's none of your business. Just like your health is not your colleague's business either. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I'd be like, that's what they're there for. That's what they're paid for to make sure that you're okay. Yeah. So, um, yes, I know it can, it can feel challenging to have the conversation and, um, but you're absolutely right. Get honest about what you really need because that means you don't have to have two conversations. Like, um, I know I said need to leave at three, but I actually need to not come in on Thursday at all. <laughs> it's like, if you know you need to not come in on Thursdays, just say it. Mm, yeah. Just say it. Thank you. That's really useful. I think that's a massive sticking point for so many mm. with endo. Like it's just, there's so much nervousness around the whole work yeah. situation. So I'm sure that's going to help loads of listeners. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask you is, like I said, with my story, I kind of got to like a brick wall yeah. and there is this moment where you realize that you do have to change your life or tailor your life. Um, and some dreams might not seem at least seem possible yeah. at least like the way that you envisioned them and I know you do a lot of work with like people building brands and you work with brands yeah. that are established what would you suggest for women who want to create a life that's still aligned with their dreams and their values but is also like supporting them with their health like is there an approach that you would suggest for them? Like maybe they have to start from scratch because they're like, this isn't working. This type of life yeah. isn't working anymore. Or they want to start their own thing, but they're like, I can't be like your, you know, crazy go, go, go entrepreneur. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I would, I would say it's like even making the decision that something has to change is tremendously empowering. So there are a couple of different ways to look at it. I would always say just start with changing one thing and see, and see what happens. Mm. Because you never know what that will transform and then you can go with the information and the facts that that presents to you and just make better decisions for yourself, you know, like it's like knowledge before assumption. The more you know, the less you have to think and like guess, yeah. <laughs> um, which, is, which is exactly where we all want to be. Um, when it comes to though starting from scratch and or, and doing your thing, what I'd say is don't get caught up on the internet telling you you have to hustle, hustle, hustle mm. and be up at 6am in the gym and then at an office and then you have to be working on your laptop till three. That's not hustling. That's madness. Yeah, yeah. You can be absolutely successful and work a couple of hours a day. You know, it's that, you know, thank you for saying that. I hear a lot, but it's so true. I hear this about entrepreneurs. Like I've got friends that do this, got the miracle morning, they get up at half four and they meditate and they get like five hours on the day. And then while the, when the world's waking up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like that. I get up at five o'clock if I've got to get a flight. Yeah. Like <laughs> the end. That is the only reason I'm ever getting up at 5 a.m. Yeah. The end. Um, It's never going to happen. I, I've, you know, you have like night owls and early birds. I've started calling myself a day J because Ooh, like I'm that. like from 10 till 2 or 10 till 3. I tell you what, Jess, I'm fire. I am fire. <laughs> I can write you a proposal. I'll do a coaching session. I might Google something and find this brand or whatever. I am. It's potent time for me. And I'm all about potency. Mm. So for me in my business, if I have five good hours or four good hours even of desk time a day, 
then um, that's the work day done and I'll pick up everything out afterwards. I might have a cursory look at my emails, but that's it. Yeah. Same goes if I have, like, I live in home. If I travel to and from London, you know, an hour or so there, couple hour meetings now, so about that's like four or five hours out of the day anyway. That's my day done as well. Yeah. So it's kind of like doing one thing really, really well because I also mm. trust that everything else will happen when it's supposed to and that it will rearrange itself around me as it needs to. Yeah. Because I'm in chat. I'm the entrepreneur. My name's with the door. I'm the boss. I am the boss. Completely. So it's about like take take the decision that you want to move forward. Do do small things that will lead you towards that. But it might be the best thing you can do is have a really good um, research session on Google so you can answer some questions that you need to know so you can then put an action plan around that. But it's about, like, you know, how I organise my to-do list is doing the thing first and that is most significant that will move me further towards where I want to be. Like, you'll get round to, you know, ordering the online groceries. You'll get round to paying your phone bill. You'll get round to emailing that person back that you owe, like, 20 emails to. But what about um, getting in touch with that um, newspaper that you want to publish an article with? That's hugely significant. Yeah. So I think that reorganizing how you work in that way too. My mum's um, got chronic fatigue and she's got her own brand. I've been helping her set it up. Oh my gosh, and, that's amazing. Um, yeah, she's brilliant. And she had to give up work because of her illness. And this is, you know, she has got, she's made, created and she's invented this really cool like utility strap. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not her advert, but anyway, <laughs> the, the most, like, because of how she feels in her day, the most important thing she can do is look for local suppliers to sell her stuff. Mm. So actually 10 minutes of Google to get the name of someone, she can call and say, hey, can I come and show you this thing? Is the best thing she can do in a day. Yeah. Because it's in massive service to her business. Because if that goes well, she gets to sell more. Yeah. So you can stay busy, like you can fill your day with stuff, but is it significant necessarily? Should you be delegating it? Are you doing it too early? There's lots of different things, different ways to look at it. But I think get an aim for list and mm-hmm. um and just do as much as you can as often as you can i know that sounds really oversimplified but who said it had to be complicated yeah. who said there had to be crazy systems in place and steps that had to be followed finitely and deliberately one after the other i just like i'm a bit punk i've got a bit of punk energy in me dress and that just doesn't work <laughs> for me i don't like anyone telling me what to do especially if it means getting up at 5 a.m yeah completely <laughs> i'm so with you i think my body is really like old school program like if it's dark outside I don't want to be up yeah basically <laughs> I, like I need to be inside <laughs> like I wake up in the winter and I'm like it's dark I'm not supposed to be awake like I truly believe we're only supposed to be awake like during the like sunshine hours but yeah I'm waiting for like humanity to catch up and realize we need to hibernate but but I well and that's the thing isn't it like that's being paid that's another thing to really pay attention to is the seasons are there to guide us. So mm. you already feel like you want to hibernate because we are supposed to be hibernating now. It's counterintuitive to be going in like go, 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 which ironics would just come in Sagittarius today. And like that's really like center, canter, canter, canter energy. I'm a Sagittarius. Is, you are? Yeah. That's an, that, oh, that, well, that makes that sense. That explains, then. yeah. I don't that know enough sense. about star signs, but yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Well, that would make that would make sense, I think, just from the little bit I know about you. <laughs> but um, but that but that's why the winter will so, sometimes feel like counterintuitive because you want to be out in the sunshine doing your thing, but the winter calls for us to go within. Yeah, like you know when um, with you know Halloween marks um Samhain, which is the the official start or the official New Year in like the pagan calendar, mm. and it's all about death and letting go and leaves going to the floor and becoming nourishment for the soil so that the leaves you know and the the plants can grow back again in spring um but yeah paying attention to how you feel and going with the seasons and eating with the seasons as well can really really help help you stay in flow with yourself as well and and going with the um go with your body as well so people that experience endometriosis like it might be that you are still it's showing yourself it's showing itself in different symptoms mm-hmm. but for those that are experiencing and um, their period still even you know I'm sure that's extremely challenging based on you know what the illness um you know how, how it affects our bodies but I don't know if you've heard of Code Red by Lisa Lister I've got it and I still need to read it it's like next to okay. my bed with a pile you of other books you need <laughs> to read that book like today okay, okay? like yeah. today okay because as people that have periods, we go through, you know, a year has four seasons. We go through four seasons every cycle. Mm. So, for example, I'm day one today. So 
uh, I'm actually feeling all right. I'm feeling kind of quite calm. But, you know, there are some times, uh, some cycles I have where if I'm like day 29, 30, day one, I actually got, almost can't keep my head up on, on my shoulders. I'm so tired. It's a, yeah. it's a thick fog of tiredness. I have mm-hmm. to go uh, and I will. And it's not beyond me to cancel all clients and just go and lie down for the whole day because it's, um, you know, it's it's very tired. Now, if you can get an idea of where you are in your cycle anyway, that will help you also plan your time because there'll be times in your cycle. I think it's like around day eight and day nine when um, you are starting to think like your body's thinking about coming into ovulation mm. and you're actually primed for creativity. You're, yeah. you're, you're very clear. I feel amazing um, when I'm ovulating. Yes, and that's it. And so it's like, you know, and you feel like Wonder Woman, you feel like you can do anything, everything. Yeah, so if you know it. that's the case, like that's where like, you know, schedule your recording your podcast that day. Mm. But, you know, there's, there's, you can get an app I'm sure there's lots of different apps I've got the clue app so I can see what part the the um cycle I'm on and having read um code read by Lisa Lister now as well I know that you know what days are not good days for me to travel to London because I'm my mind's a potato and I'll like go I'll try and go through the like red cross like tube oh, <laughs> exit and stuff. yeah I'm yeah I just cannot function. <laughs> um, but there are other days when it's like, right, I'm going to meet those clients on that day and I'm going to write three proposals because I'm on fire. I'm Wonder Woman. Mm. And having that knowledge, and it is more than that, it's an ancient wisdom that we were born with, but the patriarchy, <laughs> the patriarchy system that we've never known, um, means that it strips us of that wisdom. And I don't know about you, but like, well, I'd love to hear this, but I read that book. And for me, it wasn't about learning. It was almost like remembering. I was like, oh, Ooh, hold on. Yeah. Somewhere in my body, in like, you know, the roots of my soul, like maybe hundreds, this wisdom is hundreds of years old and I am remembering it. Yeah. And it and it's very, it's very interesting to have that kind of like secondary awakening. I need to pick up that book because it is literally it's, next to my bed. Like I go to bed and I see it when I like <laughs> put my phone do. down and stuff. Because it, so. it, it, will, it will change things for you. Mm. Okay, so... Last question. Um, could you give us like a tip or maybe you have like three top tips, I don't know, um, to help like when you're really in that thick of comparison, when you like kind of like how you found yourself in the summer, like you're on your phone, you've kind of gone off on some crazy loop and now you're like scrolling mm-hmm. on like someone's post and it's like three years down the line and they're like, yeah, <laughs> flying all around the world. Yes. Well, I almost feel like this is what, you know, almost like learn the hard way but creating the conditions so that comparison can't creep in or does very Mm. infrequently and it's rare I feel like is a great place to focus so um and I've done a video about this so more than welcome to go and check out my YouTube channel but I will just give a summary and this is um applying the house party rule to your (laughs) um social media feeds so for example if that person brand or thing wouldn't be invited to come to your like party and hang out with your best mates and like you know dance on your table to your Spotify playlist etc then they shouldn't be in your feed even even if that's temporarily mm. now I will caveat this as in like be really careful about making an echo chamber because it is important that even when we're going through comparison that we stay being vigilant humans of earth right and I think that you know that is important yeah but if like Tracy from accounts is doing your head in get rid of her from your feed for a couple of months if you know e- yes even your brother-in-law yes even your auntie yes even your best mate yeah. if they're on you know if your best mate's online persona does your head in when your best mate's online persona triggers your comparison to such a point that it's actually affecting your relationship with her in your life then just hide and follow for a little while hide and unfollow for a little while because that way we don't get into scrolling we don't get three years deep because the opportunity isn't there just while we call back all our power stop leaking energy and get back in our own lane. That's mm. what's really, really important. So that's key in terms of create the conditions so that comparison doesn't stand a chance to creep in and rush in for you. I think it's also a really good opportunity to, you know, make social media a fun place to hang out. It's supposed to be a fun part of the internet to hang out. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. So for that reason, um, if you, you why follow one husky puppy's account, you can follow twenty. <laughs> you know, like like let's cascade all that stuff around let's crowd out any of the stuff that doesn't make you feel good no it's funny because sometimes when I suggest this um a question I get is but what about Instagram because if you unfollow on Instagram then you have to follow back and la 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 so yeah. I just want to cover that off because this is important because your mental health is more important than whether someone's slightly offended because you're mm. them for 10, 10 days okay so first of all a hack I want to share is 
on your Instagram, you'll see obviously there's stories across the top. If you hold your thumb down the circle of someone's story for a little while, yeah. it will say mute so-and-so. Ooh. And you can, you can agree to mute. Now, a few days later, it'll come back again. If you mute then, it will allow you to um, hide their stories until you go back to unmute them by going to their profile, holding your thumb on their circle, and then they're back. In, they're going to be back in that kind of like you know parade across the top. So that's one way because Instagram stories and Instagram feed kind of like can be like a double, a bit of a um, tag team. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I unfollow people on Instagram all the time. There's no malice in it because I'm just doing what I have to do for my own um, mental health. And that's mm-hmm. what it boils down to. There, ha- there was a time when I followed someone back, having unfollowed them for a while, and they messaged me saying, hey, babe, just seen you followed me. Is I-, I thought we were connected on here. Is everything okay? And I said, yeah, that's right. We were connected, but I did unfollow you about four months ago because I wasn't in a very good place and Instagram wasn't helping. But I'm feeling much better now. So here I am. I'm looking forward to all your lunch pictures or whatever it is. See you soon, Lucy. And that was it. Now, you'll notice there, I acknowledged that I hadn't followed. Mm. But I was clear in the detail about why I did it. Because it was nothing about them. It was about me. Yeah. So I'm not going to let them make it about them. Because it's about me. And I don't owe them my apology. I owe an apology. Because my Instagram feed is mine. I'll do whatever the fuck I want with it. Thank you very much. Getting a bit ranty now. Uh, excuse me. Apologies for the F-bomb twice now. Um, oh, my God. No. I, I always swear on my podcast. I actually need to go back and change them all to explicit. Because apparently iTunes will take me down if I don't. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, definitely make this one explicit. Um, but it's, you know, ultimately, you're acknowledging it. You're kind of saying, look, it happened. I'm like, not get over it. But it happened. It's done. And I'm back. Mm, yeah so don't worry about it because I have people follow me that I thought of, I know had followed me and had clearly unfollowed me and then from the back but I don't care because like I like them as a person yeah and yeah. the person offline needs to make decisions for himself or herself and I'm cool with that yeah because if I'm cool with that them doing it then I reserve the right for them to think they're then they can be cool with me doing it as well totally yeah and you don't know what that person's got going on in their lives that has caused them to have to have done that you could you got it I mean we're all and this is the thing the irony is we're all so self-obsessed we that you know as my mum would say don't flatter yourself love in terms of like <laughs> we you know we're all so self-obsessed with what we're what we're doing in our own lives and, and thank goodness because we have to live our lives so that's kind of why that is yeah but um don't if you make it a big deal it'll be a big deal if you don't make it a big deal it won't be and it's as simple as that mm. the energy always leads yeah that's brilliant. Thank you. I think that's going to be so useful, especially those Instagram hacks. I had no idea. Okay. That's really cool. Um, okay. So where can, if like people are really interested in the work you do, they want to watch your videos or they're interested in coaching, where can they find you? Oh, well, you'll find me on Instagram. I want to like I'm <laughs> posting on the daily and often doing daily stories. And it's all about um, um, helping you live with more self-focus and finding your inner peace. So if you um, search on Instagram, Lucy Sheridan, You'll find me there. Same goes on um, YouTube, my channel, new videos every Sunday and Wednesday. And um, and if you Google Lucy Sheridan in comparison, I'll come up. I'm, I'm sharing this because I'm currently on proofcoaching.com, but I'm about to go to lucysheridan.co. Okay, Please note that's awesome. .co. I'm just conscious of giving a couple of references there because I'm not sure when uh, my web guy is going to get that sorted. <laughs> <laughs> Subtle hint. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay I'll make sure I'll put those in the show notes so people can find yeah. that easily and I can update that like when you change your address I can obviously just update that just let me know thanks honey that's so kind appreciate that yeah cool well thank you so much for coming on honestly this has been so interesting talking to you and it was really I wasn't sure where this would go because obviously you're not like specialized in periods or endometriosis or women's health like a lot of like my guests have been but I knew that what you had to say could be really relevant to my audience so thank you so much for like showing up and like giving all of your like tips and information because it's been so insightful for me and I know if it's been insightful for me it's going to be insightful for my listeners so yeah at the bottom of my heart thank you so much for the opportunity to be a guest I have really really enjoyed it enjoyed it and it's been an honor so truly Jess thank you keep doing what you're doing I really respect you and your work oh thank you you too it's just yeah it's been amazing to have you on so thank you and I'll speak to you soon take care you certainly will take care darling bye 
so that's it thank you so much for listening i really hope you enjoyed it and i hope um well i'm sure that lucy had some amazing insights for you i hope they help you um on your way to finding your own path in 2018 um if you like this episode please rate review and or subscribe um it helps others to find the podcast and you know i just want this to reach as many um endo people around the world as possible um if you want to say hi to me i'm on instagram at this underscore endo life that is probably the best place to get me to be honest um or on my emails um i am on twitter at this underscore endo life with capital t e and l and i'm on facebook at this endolife.com but as i said instagram is kind of the place where i hang out if you want to have a read of my thoughts and ramblings you can do over on my blog this endolife.com um, and you can also read my column on endometriosis news i will be back in two weeks time have an amazing week bye